welcome back to another episode of Hollin' Ass with Fiberglass. Whether it's high-performance boating, bass fishing, or just living lake life in the Northeast, Hollin' Ass with Fiberglass keeps you afloat with topics geared to life on the water. Hey, this is Steve, your host of Hollin' Ass with Fiberglass, and today we're here with Snoop, a.k.a. Snoop, Dan Dropsky of Seven Lakes Marine. And Dan, you were into offshore racing, is that correct? Yes, I was. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Racing boats, because we like sail service and speed. Lots of speed here. Yes, we do. Yes, Seven we Lakes do. Marine. So, question for you. Offshore racing, is like that's a whole world, and uh, one I'm totally unfamiliar with. So this will be interesting. How old were you uh, when you started racing boats? When I started racing boats, I was actually not very young, actually. I got into it probably when I was 30, but there's a lot of reasons why I got into it. Um, that led up to that, you know, age and stuff. So I started around 30. So, well, what, what was the path that led you there? So as a young kid, we belonged to a yacht club down in Revere. And there was a particular um, guy that owned a marina, who was in Stoneham at the time, and uh, he had a Mercury Racing franchise. Oh. And he always used to bring the boats to the yacht club and stuff, and um, I was really, like, intrigued by it. And he'd take us out for rides and so on and so forth and got my interest yeah well i mean there's something pretty interesting about some of these boats when they're rumbling and ripping and yeah and they're gorgeous yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. so um a little history was so i my father had auto mechanic shop and you know i would work there usually on uh, you know days after school and stuff like that and but it wasn't my passion. Like, I wanted to do something with boats after kind of interesting being into this. So I started working for Timmy at Stone Boat Center. So you had the mechanic background. I did. But you really liked the boats. Yeah. So I think yeah. it was around 87 I started working for him. And I was young. I was probably like 14 or something at the time. So it does, yeah. Okay. So long and, before you got into racing. And I was building motors and stuff at that time with him. I was rigging wow. boats and, and things like that. And he was... You know, he, he had taught me, you know, what I kind of uh, know what to do now at a young as age. As far as uh, motor fabrication. Yeah, rigging and, yeah. And, and the know-how and setup and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, it, so, you know, usually on, like, any type of school vacation I'd have or weekends or summertime, I'd work full-time for him. So, nice. So I just kept my hands into it, you know. So at that point in time, did you, did you were you aspiring to race or were you just like loving the mechanics and the boating world and the marine a, world a little of both so when you would you know when you build a, a fast boat or a performance boat and stuff you always want to go out and prove it and uh, see what it can do yeah yeah, yeah. You know, um and along and what i learned a long time ago too is you don't always have to have the fastest boat to win a race you have to have a boat that finishes and it can endure uh -huh. you know the the pounding and the you know the wave conditions and sea changes and so on and so forth yeah um yeah. so that's you know that was one of the things that i always thought oh you gotta have the fastest boat and stuff you know? right right um, speed wins but right not always not yeah. always yep so you were you were working for the um the guy who ha who he was making race boats, he, he was building race boats. We actually sold like super it? boats. Uh, yeah. We had a Mercury franchise dealer. We had Sonics and stuff. So a lot of performance, a lot of performance stuff, performance stuff. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and and so, you know, you asked me about the racing thing. We used to I used to go with him to some of the races, not in the boat. Yeah. But show up, help. 
Yep. Learn how mechanics. To, learn how to set Troubleshoot. it up. Keep it going. Keep it, you know, yep. and, and pit crew kind of a thing. Pit crew. Yeah. Type yeah. of a thing. You know, so I kind of got the, the, the taste for it. You know, so speeding up a little bit. Yeah. And these were all mostly outboard powered boats back in the day. Yeah. 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 Like the early 90s started a, um, another franchise and he, we had an Outer Limits uh, dealership, uh, Mark Eason dealership and stuff and started Obsession Marine uh, with uh, Harry Turner back in the day. And that went to a whole different level. Now you got into boats that were like 40 feet with multiple thousands of horsepower. Multiple big, thousands big of Big stern horsepower. drives and stuff like you could hit. You could hit a wave and uh, and the boat wouldn't be going up in the air and stuff. You could go across six footers at over 100 miles an hour. Oh, come on. And it was just a total different uh, feeling. And I was just like, how do I do this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How do I do this? So... I surrounded myself with a lot of talented people um, between Mercury Racing and uh, Skip down at MRD. He was down Long Island. Um, and Mike Fiore uh, from Outer Limits basically wow. taught me the, the next level of boats. So I started building real radical boats from boats that, you know, had two engines to the four engines and, and learned from these guys um, on, on setup and and how to uh, drive the boats and so on and so forth. So you gone from high performance outboards, you know, uh, dock queens that could really get up and scream to these like serious wave skipping, yeah. like super powerful, yeah, yeah, like yeah. offshore race. Offshore boats. Okay, so that's like kind of the stepping stone. Yeah, you get into boats that are like, you know, like 30, you know, feet and up. Right, that's that just have, crazy. You know, that would just. You know, most of these people that own boats like these um, had lots of money to have boats like these and could, yeah. could have the nicer things, you know. They're, yeah, obsessions at that point. I mean, you're, you're not going out for the day, day cruise on these. These are these are meant for a singular purpose yes. and, and probably um, require a lot of energy and effort to maintain. Yeah, you know, toward I mean, that end. I mean that, so stepping back a little bit, you know, I always wanted to, I never got the chance to do it. So when I worked with, at Obsession and we built the company, brought it down the Cape and stuff, and um, Harry was actually running a race boat at that time, um, had got out of it, and so I started, you know, maintaining a lot of uh, poker run boats, and, oh, yeah. and I would still build some race boat type things. And one day, they were like, "Hey, we're gonna go racing and stuff." Like, "All right, what are we gonna do? Where are we gonna go? You know, what do you need me to do?" He's like, "No, you're gonna be throttling it," you know, and I'm like. So I finally got my, my break. And Interesting, like, yeah. Yeah, they so, were like, you know, you're always here. You're always here. Building them and, yep. and, and doing this and doing that for everybody. Like, we're gonna, we want you to come with us and try it. You get a chance to take the mechanical experience that you've been applying, you know, setting these boats up, and, and they recognize that you've been doing that. So mm -hmm. obviously there is a link between the mechanical know-how, knowledge, expertise that you, you were displaying, and they're like, okay, come, now come see how that translates because... Won't that make you a better mechanic at the end of the day? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right. And then people see you out there running and seeing what you can do mm -hmm. and what you're, you're capable of uh, building for people and stuff. And then, obviously, it brings you business, too. Well, yeah, absolutely. Although, you know, it might not have been the end goal at the end of at the, no. uh, the onset, but definitely a nice little side effect. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. 
um, prior to the point where you started racing and got that, that chance to like run the throttle, I mean, did you have any boating experience? Oh yeah. As a kid? Or... Yeah. I, I think my first boat was, a. in fact, my first boat was an 11 foot whaler, which uh, my father still has at the camp there. Oh, no little, kidding. Like, yeah. I think I had a little Sears on it or something. Yeah. And I used to go out every weekend, every time I had at the yacht club, just buzz around with my buddies. They all had small boats and stuff too, so... I was constantly um, out on the boat since since a young age. Yeah, so boating kind of like second nature. You know, yeah, it, some people just have it, and some people try their whole life. They still can't dock a boat, and other people it just kind of gets in your blood, and you just autopilot. Yeah, and you can make that boat it's an extension of you. You yep. know, but going into the world of, I mean, just just observing um, high performance boating from the perspective that that I've been at the past several months. You know, it's a different world. It's a completely it different world. You know? It is. It's it's a it's a small world too. You know, um, it's a it's, yeah. a it's a it's a smaller clientele of people that it's a it's a, a passion for them. You know, they want that little extra. Well, anyone can sit behind a steering wheel of a car or a boat and drive it and make it move. Um, you know, and some people are gonna bounce off a lot of shit along the way and other people are gonna hit the finish line and you know some people are just meant to crawl at the mall other people have an aptitude to be like oh let's see what this thing can do and yep. let's make it move and yep. um so you started off by running the throttle on that first that first run that was your first chance to actually get in and um you know operate a boat in a race situation yeah we had taken one of our boats that the owner had um had had it was a 37 stiletto with a pair of 900s in it and tried to run that boat and it it was more of a race pleasure it was very uncomfortable to throttle um the attitude and everything it was just different so we only raced that boat once and realized that we had to get something different Mm -hmm. so uh we had i got basically the same boat but Instead of having all the bells and whistles in it and the you know creature comforts that we want, this was a real race boat. It yeah, had a, it yeah. had a ballast tank in the front to collect water straight away. It had staggered motors. It had a six-man cockpit. So if you want to do poker runs or race, you could do it. You know the throttles were set up for a throttle man and stuff. It had dual yeah. dual helms. You could switch the steering wheel and wow. move it to different sides. And, that's a, yeah, it's a racing boat. So yeah. it, it was yeah. set up and it was more comfortable. You're not just like, oh, hey, we're going to do the sandbar this Sunday to right. grab the kids, and then next week we're just going to go out and run a course. You right. know, no, not this boat. And I had a lot to learn because, you know, um, I had never run a boat, those style boats, you know, very right. on, a, on a competitive level and stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You come out of the world of boating and you know boating and, you know, uh, as we did growing up and then all of a sudden you hit one of these boats and you know i'd be scratching my 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 chin going just um uh, could someone show me what mm. to do i don't i know boats but i don't know what to do in this thing yep yep you know so that's it's like a whole other level yeah, yeah. It, it is and it, and you and you learn from it too you know like i built the boat and we went out for i think our first race might have been in corpus christi texas at the time wow and you know didn't have a windscreen on it <laughs> right because APBA at the time like you can't have a windscreen like, what do you mean I can have a windscreen so I'm driving along and no helmet's choking me yeah you know yeah. Uh, so put a windscreen on next time you know we were in a class we were running the 100 to 110 mile an hour class at the time well 
Wow. It was a bracket class, so sometimes you get cats in there, and sometimes you get these. Oh, okay. I wonder what about that. So it's class by speed, not by necessarily speed. both. You know, you think what fighters, you know, it's like, okay, so yeah. you're in the midweight class, you know, you're 150 to 180 pounds. So there's boats. It's not length. It's not horsepower. It's speed. Yeah, yeah the particular classroom, they were called the performance class, and they would put GPSs in the boat. Oh, huh? Yeah. And, you know, so you'd have to stay, you know, right at that that threshold they wanted to be now that, oh. that being said wow you have a catamaran in the class that you're running you both can probably do the same amount of speed in the top bend you get in flat water yeah. that cat's gonna blow you away yeah at the you know get-go and stuff because it just has the acceleration and stuff well, yeah those are the things i learned to do when you know i was running so i was able the particular motors we had were a little more advanced we had fuel injection we had superchargers we had O2 sensors and stuff, so I would play with boost mm-hmm. to get the boats at a pot, uh, at a spot where now the cats couldn't catch me, although it was flat <laughs> or rough, you know. So I learned a lot from that, you know, and I I learned it from a lot of like I said, great people that that taught me a lot and were very understanding and helpful. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of tweaking, you know, because you think about okay, you put a big engine in a boat, and that boat's gonna outclass me in the straightaway because it's a cat, because it can get up and go, it's made to go straight, go fast, go straight. That's the profile, the hulls, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But you actually took the boat that you were working with and found ways to manipulate that to counteract. Right, because if it was a it was a flat race, I didn't always want to race and be like, all right, it's flat this day. Now these cats are gonna go right by. Yeah, right. I'm right. like, no, that's not going to happen. Interesting. You know, so we, wow. you, you find ways to you know, make things better. So were there were a lot of, you were a mechanic operator, mechanic driver. So yeah, I, I would build them yeah. and then I would throttle. There are, were there a lot of um, operators, pilots that were also mechanically inclined or were you an anomaly in the world of racing? Um, you mean as like other racers and stuff? Yeah, were yeah, the other racers. Yeah, of course there were. Yeah, yeah there was always like that. Uh, guys that would that would set up their own boats and mm-hmm. stuff too. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times they'd have engine builders like ourselves. We used to use MRD, um, Marine Research and Development. Um, he used to build a lot of our motors and stuff. Or we'd use Merc Racing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then we would be like the installer and we'd set it up and, you know, and then you just get your whole team together of people that you, you know, that you trust and know and, and will advise you in the, the right way to, you know, set it up so it's safe. And it's a winning boat. Weigh the anchor. It's time for another Seven Lakes Marines Bench and Wrench Minute. There we go. Last week here at Seven Lakes Marine, we had a a Mastercraft that came in with a complaint uh, that it died while the owner was driving. So um, what did we find? So basically, we brought it in and found that the batteries were dead. The battery, so that it died because the batteries were dead. Yes. So it basically just ran out of juice. I've driven a car before where a battery died, and you lose all your electronics, and I guess it depends on the vehicle, of course, but the car kept running because the alternator or generator was producing the spark required to keep firing the cylinders. So why would a boat just die if the batteries died? So this particular boat, to your point, that's correct. It was a conventional ignition system. It can actually generate its own power. This particular boat is fuel injection. So it has a computer, 
mm-hmm. electric fuel pumps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Once they get below a certain voltage, they don't like it. So they just start shutting down. So how did we find the batteries were just dead and it was not another issue that was leading to that, draining the batteries, or how did we find that? So basically what we do on something like that is, all right, well, the battery died. Why did it die? Mm-hmm. Is it charging, mm-hmm. right? We'll put a uh, charger on the battery that's in the boat, bring it back up so we can fire it. Now we fire the boat. Now we'll start putting test equipment on, seeing do we have a broken wire? Do we have a bad battery switch? Do we have a bad battery? Mm-hmm. Do we have an alternator that's not outputting? Mm-hmm. We did some testing and stuff and figured out that it actually was the alternator. Oh, um, wasn't so charging. It was not outputting. It was mm-hmm. staying at battery voltage, which was 12.45. Yeah. Charging usually on a marine engine or mostly cars. It was 14.7 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, in general. Well, there was, a, there was a second problem, too. So you had a stereo system in that boat, too, with a battery isolator. That particular battery, even though we got the motor to charge, would only charge 8 volts through the, this little uh, battery isolator box mm-hmm. and stuff. So we had a bad battery isolator, too. Oh, okay. So it wasn't letting the full voltage, voltage through to the battery. Right. What we suggested to the customer was, because um, the battery isolator that was in there was old it just to me it just is not the right setup in that boat yep Mm -hmm. so we said let's put a new alternator in it and now let's put in a dual battery switch let's also put in a deep cycle battery for your boat systems Mm -hmm. like your stereo and stuff so now when you're on the sandbar you you fire the boat up in the morning you run it on both it's charging the whole time you're driving now you're sitting at the sandbar you can go to battery one crank your stereo all that run it off the deep cycle like a trolling motor yeah yeah you go to fire it back up Put it in both. You always have that second battery to fire or fire the system up. So I personally never heard of a battery switch that could do that. So, uh, I mean, I, that's my um, lack of experience, but that's pretty darn cool. And I think some people listening might yeah. get a little like, oh, wow, they have that. Because uh, it, it's inexpensive cool. to do. Yeah, they're so, like 30 bucks yeah, and, so and then you, the install. But. And, and you buy another battery. So yeah. you add an extra battery. So if, you, if you're the type of person that wants to listen to stereo all day and has all these lights that they want to run, and so, you know what? Eventually, if you just have one battery, it's going to wear it down by sure. the end of the day. Sure, sure. It's peace of mind knowing you have a second battery. It's not even getting pulled off of that. When you go fire it up, you got a fresh one there ready to go. And the boat systems have the capability, if I installed a second 12-volt in my boat to run parallel, run systems like that, um, the alternators and the engines, uh, the generators have the capability to charge two batteries like that? Yeah, most of the systems, like even on the inboard boat, are going to be... 55, 65 amp. Okay. So yeah, got, that's pretty. They got yeah. decent amount to, to do that. And if we wanted to run more, we could get a different sure. amperage. Uh, all day. We could go up to 100 amp or yeah. whatever you need to do. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, I guess that covers how we tackled it and tips for boat owners, you know, for situations like this. If you're out there in the sandbar or cranking your tunes, I mean, bass fishermen already do this. We run bat- uh, battery banks for our trolling motors. We, we don't run them off of our... You know, crank batteries. So, uh, I guess it's not necessarily common in a pleasure craft. But if you're if you're out there putting a high uh, draw on your battery for other activities other than starting the engine, maybe a, a dual battery switch is the way to go. One one key thing I'll say too is sometimes voltage regulators, alternators, or uh, starters and things like that. A lot of reasons sometimes they'll fail is loose or dirty. 
battery connections. Mm, yeah, I've so seen that. If you keep that stuff yeah. clean too, especially in the spring when you guys put that stuff together, mm-hmm. make sure it's clean and tight. Because yep. when it arcs, it puts more stress on those components on the motor and they'll fail quicker. Yeah, yeah. not to mention throwing shorts and interrupting Absolutely. the signal and now your computer's sensing a voltage drop. So what's that going to do to your engine performance and yep. also possibly throw some of those components out of spec? Absolutely. So. Hey, thanks for your time, Dan. Anytime. Hauling Ass with Fiberglass is sponsored by Seven Lakes Marine in Sanbornville, New Hampshire. Visit www.7lakesmarine.com for your dose of sales, service, and speed. Feisty Boat Lady here. When you're done on the water and covering up the boat or jet ski, you want your battery to have the best chance to be there for you when you call on it next. Seven Lakes Marine proudly carries the Hyperion line of innovative solar chargers. We have several models of solar chargers built into outboard motor covers, a universal solar charging jet ski cover, and solar panels you can mount or plop on your existing cover or dock. We even carry solar charging covers for your motorcycle. Visit www.7lakesmarine.com forward slash shop and visit the battery tender link on the left side of the menu. So what kinds of boats did you race over your career? Outer Limits was the, the primary uh, company that I that I ran with. Describe that boat. It's uh, People might not be familiar. Well, people are always going to know a cigarette. There you go. So yeah. it's like that. It's yeah. a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Uh, Outer Limits was you know started by Mike Fiore. His father was Paul Fiore, which was, um, some people have noticed, the uh, originator of Hustler Power Boats. Hmm. Um, like Any the, relation to the magazine? No. <laughs> well, at least not that I know of. Um, so, you know, I always I always ran Vs because I thought they were safer. Yeah. Um, you know, most boats now that are racing are canopy-style capsule boats. Yeah. So yep. if you flip over, they're a lot safer and stuff. Yeah. Myself, personally, I, you know, I'm only 50 now, which is, you know, 20 years later from when I race it. But I don't think I'd ever run a boat that wasn't a canopy boat racing again. Yeah. If I ever to get into it for yeah. safety reasons, you yeah. know. Back then, you're just like, ooh, I'm in a big boat. I'm in a big boat, fast. yeah. And the, you know, the risks are inherent anyway, so you're yeah. like, well, what the hell? Yeah, you, know? you, had, you have no fear. If I'm going to, you know, spin out at 110, it's not like it's going to hurt either way. Which I've done. You know. Oh, really now? <laughs> I have not. Not 110, but about 70. We, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. What were the courses like? The courses were laid out usually with either... Uh, it would depend how many laps you want to do, but they could be a 100, 150 mile race. A 150 mile race. Mm. And are you wide open throttle at what percentage of the time in these races? Uh, well, obviously you want to be at the most, you know, uh, wide open as most as you can, but wow. it depends. Oh, so it, it depends. Like if I got a, uh, some guys that are, are running hard all day, then I got to run hard. If I got yeah. guys that sometimes like I used to push guys, I would push them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean other your competitors? Competitors, and I would, yeah. I would, I would push them and push them, and hopefully, I hate to say it, but make them break. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing my equipment, so I'm like, well, I'm gonna go hard. I want to see how hard you guys can go. <laughs> and then if, you know, if if they would break, then I don't have to run as hard anymore. You know, but generally speaking, yeah. you're running <laughs> 75, 80 percent of the time as fast as you can. 
at 100 over 150 miles and just uh, now me coming from my world of boating which is where you you kind of jumped off of into racing i'm just like i i hardly ever run my stuff wide open like i go down the lake with my bass boat and i'm like oh, let's see if i can get 37 okay now i'm gonna back off back off because i don't want to wear my engine out oh, and it's know? funny like <laughs> i'll do that with with my wife's boat like the check i'm the same yeah. way i'm like oh okay that's good that's, that's good. good yeah yeah but it's different i guess it's different when you build something that you you should be able to beat on, you know, you spent all that time, money and, but and energy. There, but you got the money and, and the yes. interest is there, the passion, the money. The point is to run it, break it, repeat, you know, and just get up there and see what those parts you put in, the aggressive camp, see what all of those things are doing for you. And then you can dial it in around yes. that. Yes. Um, so speaking of breaking other, um, I guess, pilots, drivers, did you ever have a, a nemesis, someone you were always uh, kind of checking yourself against? Uh, there was a cat that used to run pretty competitive with me. Um, that was an ATC cat. You actually see it. There's a picture here. Yeah, I've seen the picture. But nice. he was he was probably my my best competitor and yeah. stuff. You know, he was he was a lot of fun too. They were nice guys. You know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't meet anybody out there that I didn't really didn't really like or something like that. You know, most people I thought. You know, you're always going to get some of those guys, but most of them I thought were mm-hmm. just friendly. But well, I, yeah. You know, I, I kept to myself, too, a lot. Well, you give each other shit. I mean, that's got to come with it, right? Because yeah. um, you're risking your lives out there, so there's a, that's a bonding experience. Of course, you got to blow off some of that steam and give each other shit while you're out there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But ne- never any never any headbutting or any real rivalry. No, no. I think sometimes you just we're harder on ourselves if we don't perform, you know, like of our team and stuff does things and we make mistakes and stuff i think we're more um hotter on ourselves and people around us at the end of the day you're supposed to go out and have a good time too yeah yeah you know and if it's that it gets to that point then you know something's wrong (laughs) well you definitely brought that energy into the seven lakes marine team that's all that's something i hear every day is gotta have fun today gotta have fun have a good time working with working with boats people right know, so and i feel like that that's once you go commercial in the industry in pretty much any industry at all it just becomes a slog you know to make money and, and be successful and people forget the reason why they started something was to have fun in the first place so and, you know and it's all not like you know my first year i went out racing and stuff you know we were undefeated we we won national and, and world championships you know in the bahamas yeah. and the key west and what race was that what did it have a name the circuit or the, the competition uh, the nationals nationals was in the bahamas at that particular time. It was apba offshore okay and the apba offshore and the key west worlds was where you know we won our first world championship now the following year um i had some headaches yeah you know um put the boat away of course you know it's like any typical thing and yeah everything's running good we were in daytona beach i remember it and uh running along the ocean there and the boat started getting slower for some reason mm-hmm. all of a sudden like my driver started losing his steering and stuff and i had opened the slowed the boat down opened the hatch up and there was water the blower belt was throwing water everywhere well it had blown a hose oh jeez <laughs> and filled the, the cockpit full of water Wow. And it was salt yeah. water. Yeah. Okay, okay. fun. Yeah. So, okay, well, I reached down somehow and shut it off. Didn't even know if that was it. Pumped the thing out, trying to finally get back. Finally get back to the dock. The boat, like, dies, like, I think 30 feet before it, like, coast in. Yeah. Just, everything just fine. It's like, I'm done. Done. Yeah. You know, think you get the boat all fixed up. You know, there's a lot to do because everything got salty. 
Yeah. And we had some gremlins. We had electrical gremlins that year. Yep. You know, no doubt. Uh, because mm-hmm. we'd go along, all of a sudden the boat would kick in. It was like it was on nitrous, and all of a sudden, boom, you lose power. It's like boom, boom. After many times of, of fixing it, it was a little tiny, like 30 amp breaker that a green yep. terminal that was making contact and not making contact. Oh, so, geez. so you don't always, you know, you don't always win everything, too. So you have to you get your ups and downs, too. So. Sounds like my dad's 25 horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you never give up. You know, you just keep going out. And you, and well, you, you want to make it run good again right. or better. Right. So And, and, you, and you try. And then you got the boat running good. I keep going into the story. Go to Alabama for, I think it was a national or world championship or something. The boat's running good now. Now where the drive and the transmission go, there's a gearbox in there. Mm-hmm. Water had gotten into that. Oh, and no. I didn't know. Oh, no. It went out like the first day. Now, it was just a hurricane. There was eight to ten foot swells. We're running hard through the stuff. And the, the coupler breaks in the back. So I'm like, oh, how are we going to do this? You know, fix this. We got like a couple of days from the next race. Well, the Mercury racing truck was there. Came over the crane, helped us, gave us special tools and stuff. So everyone was wow. always there to help. But it was, wow. that, that year was nice. tough. That yeah. Year was, that year was tough. But you learn from it. Yeah, of course. You know, and you, you know, you can take that knowledge and, and apply it to working on creating other boats, better boats, hardier designs, um, how to deal with those emergencies when you're out there on the swells. Yes. Did you ever get into designing boat and engine setups from the ground up? Yes. But a lot of stuff I get to is already kind of set up, and we'll put our spin on it. Yeah. We'll make some changes. Yeah. But there are some things we start from scratch from. Yeah, well, that must be exciting. You know, it it can be exciting. It can be overwhelming. It can be... So many choices. Yeah. You know, yeah, and right. you know, luckily we have you know, you know, like uh, Jeff, for example, is very good with helping me with setup and and, and research and things for me. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then um, I can Jeff at Seven Lakes Marine here. Yes, yeah. yeah. So he's very helpful with that, and then he's like, "This is what we got to do," and then I know how to execute it from there. In the racing context, what was your favorite boat and engine combo that you raced over the years? Or the the second boat I built. The one with the staggered motors with the ballast tank in the front was my favorite because, you know, I could run through anything with that boat. I could take people on that boat and poker runs. It was just very versatile. Versatile, yeah. You know, it was, it truthfully, it was, it was pretty reliable. It was a little tricky docking because it didn't have transmissions. They had what they called crash boxes. What's so, that? So it's like a direct drive. So you mm-hmm. actually, you can bump the style. You can actually start it in gear. Okay. And yep. you would have to shut it off to come out of gear and stop. So you had to learn how to dock the boat. Every oh. move, wow. you had to think about it. So no transmission, just like it's on. That was the it. engine's it, running, you're moving. That was it. She was it's a, like the old little, school jet ski. That says a little yep. gearbox. It would just switch it mm-hmm. from reverse, neutral, but just a, a couple of gears in it. Wow. And you, would, you were in charge of it. Now they have air shiftable ones and stuff, too. Yeah. So they get, they get newer things like that. Well, that, yeah, that sounds like a fun boat, so you can kind of dual dual purpose it. But it, and so you designed that whole setup with the ballast tank and the staggered motors, and yeah, you could you yeah. could pick up water down the straightaway. So what what that would do is, you know, some of those big boats have big trim tabs and stuff like that. Yeah. Every time you put those down, it scrubs speed. Mm-hmm. So you can keep those up more. You got weight in the nose. Now they add to the boat is straight. Yeah, you can kind of balance it on that tipping point where you're about to stuff the, the bow down in with the trim tabs right. versus you're going to ride back up on the transom and maybe get some instability. It, you can use the ballast to kind of just 
get right up in that center for your conditions. Yep. So we could run, you know, we would run the bracket classes from 100, 110, and then if I want to do poker runs, I could change it up mm-hmm. a little bit at bigger props, and usually I could run around 125 yeah, with wow. that setup. Wow, that's that's crazy. Talked about, you know, running canopy boats and, you know, pondering the recklessness of our pet, of our youth. <laughs> what was the closest call over your career? Probably my last race. Yeah? Um, I was racing Fabio Buzzi, very famous uh, racer from Italy. Uh, he's actually ran a Sony boat. Mm, and saw that uh, picture, too. It, that boat was so fast. It was diesel. It was a canopy too. boat, right? It was a canopy boat. It had two diesel engines in it with four turbos on it. Oh, man. He wasn't supposed to be in our class, but they threw him in our class. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I'll do and you were in a cat? I was in... Um, I was in that 42 Outer Limits. Was the oh, was the, that's boat. an Outer Limits. Okay, yeah. That, yeah. One, that was yeah. Outer Limits. Is that the one with the ballast and the staggered mode? No, that one. was a different one. This was still staggered, but didn't have a ballast tank. Okay. But it had the length. It had okay. a different hull design. Yeah, yeah. It had like four steps instead of one. So it was it was better in rough water. Yeah. You know, as, as far as... It, it didn't take much to drive the boat. So at any rate, we were going along. And I knew that I was going to have to go faster than... I've ever gone against this guy. So yeah. I actually remember going over to like Big Thunder Marine and borrowing some smaller pulleys that day and I changed it up and I had to run a consistent like 110. So pulleys all, for your blower? Yeah. Yeah, to get a higher RPM. Yeah, to I, got, force I got more. added more yeah. boost to them. Yep. So mm-hmm. I brought the motors up, I think the 1200 horse a piece. <laughs> and I had to stay on that thing and he was just there the yeah. whole time. And he actually yeah. had two turbos down. And I'm like, I'm going along, I'm like, we can't make a mistake, can't make a mistake, right? Well, we did. We went into a corner a little too fast, and the boat was trimmed up a little bit, probably around 70, 75, and going around the corner, and the boat spun out. Uh, so the guys, you know, n- next to me were, you know, almost on my lap. Wow. Um, so luckily, we didn't flip. Nothing got broke. We were still able to get back on plane and go. Oof. But, but you know. It's scary, though. Yeah. You get tossed. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, you watch a lot of videos, you see people get ejected. There's people who have been killed in it, too, before, you know, so. What was um, what was your most exciting win? I think uh, my first world championship in Key West, because I had all my family there. And, you know, and then at the time, I was uh, just started dating my wife, Jen, so I had her there and her whole family and stuff. And it just had this yeah. awesome tent with all of Outer Limits and all <laughs> good people just hanging out and good food and just it was a lot of fun yeah that's that's rewarding and, you and know. you look back at it like the opportunity you had at like that age to be able to do something like that at you know yes. at that level like people like it's just huge i was just very uh very blessed i guess to have yeah. that opportunity i was just I never thought in a million years i would yeah that definitely would be an exciting win you know just like the quintessential winner's circle experience yeah you know you, and you get to share it with all your friends yeah i guess that's what the coolest part you know you can go race something but like having all your friends and family there it just brings it amplifies it yeah different level you know what was your biggest mistake that may have cost you a race i think it was st petersburg one year we were racing and stuff and we didn't cross the finish line hmm we thought we did my my, (laughs) what the other yeah the uh, my other teammates uh that was their job it was sitting there navigate yeah and the particular boat, one of the boats we were running against broke. So I had it in the bag. didn't matter. Oh, my God. Well, he creeped by idling, <laughs> went across the finish line. 
and I was so mad. I remember I remember kicking that <gasps> orange cone across the park a lot. I just I, I was like, you gotta be. Kidding. How did that happen? I, I mean, I to this day, Steve, I don't know. <laughs> so there I'm you guys supposed... are, just ramming it right through, and all of a sudden throttle back. Yeah, we did yeah. it. And, and and looking at it now, I remember people like down there like waving. <laughs> And the guys like, in the yeah, boat are like, yeah, yeah. thanks, thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was awful. So this guy, the, this idols by you, was he like flipping you off and smiling? Yeah, it was actually like the ATC by. boat. You know, I feel like coming by in reverse, like, hey. <laughs> he was like, hey, thanks for giving me the win, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what was dinner like that night? Jeez, oh my God, he must have. Oh God! He must uh, truthfully, I didn't up. eat with the team that night. I yeah. actually took my wife, and we went out and just went out for the night. Probably a smart move. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's what are you gonna do? That's Stuff that's happens. hilarious, though. That's, it is. That's, oh gosh! I mean, I mean, I can laugh about it now. <laughs> <laughs> so as a driver, you know, there's a lot you have to think about. You're putting your life and your teammates' lives, and, and you know, in each other's hands, and. You're out there throwing your boat against the swells, at, you know, running them to their limits. Um, you got you got to think a lot about life and why you're doing this and what you're doing and what it's all about. And so, what what was your philosophy as a driver? I don't know. I was just so young at the time. Like, I just wanted to feel like I wanted to conquer everything, you know. And uh, I just wanted the opportunity. I thought that sometimes, like, I was told a lot of times I could, I could do this or whatever and never did and I just wanted to prove it that I could do it you know racing in general or just challenges along the way a little of both you know even becoming a Merc Tech yeah. you know like cause, oh, you can go to school we'll send it in no, no one ever did yeah no one ever you know and now I'm a dual master for Mercury and stuff and then the racing thing it's like you know oh yeah maybe someday and there was never someday no, you so have you to, had to make, make it someday. You had to make it someday. And yeah. I was lucky to be around people who gave me the opportunity to do that, you know. So people give you opportunities, but they didn't lead you to it. They just showed you what was possible, but you had to make it happen. Yes. Yeah. And and I, I didn't want to fail at that. Like, yeah. I was like, if I get this type of opportunity, I got to go for it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it, how many people get this opportunity? Get it, get into it. Make it happen, do the best you can, and squeeze the most out of it, yes. the experience yes. along the way. It's just, I think that's, I mean, I ask you about your philosophy as a driver, but it's really, a, you know, it's kind of parallels philosophy of life, too. You know, I think a lot of a lot of the extreme yeah, things th- that we do. thinking about what you're saying to me now. You know, yeah. Maybe I didn't really know how to answer that the correct way, too, but you're right. Yeah. I guess it's, you got to do, it's kind of like life itself. Yeah, you know, every, well, it, it's a hell of a life experience. And I guess, you know, when you stop and think about it, um, it was, I don't know if it's a once in a lifetime because you're definitely in that world now. You're helping out a lot of people who are, who are still in the racing world, you know, uh, the poker run crowd and the performance boating. So it's easy to, to kind of take stock of, uh, of where you're at, where you're at in your life and what led you here. So What's the most valuable thing that you think you've taken away from your years of racing? Uh, truthfully, being able to come back at the end of the day, being safe, yeah, making good decisions out there, you know, so, not so. not not putting other people's lives in danger, 
you know hmm. and, and you brought that up before it's like you, there's a lot of responsibility yeah with that type of power um yeah. and those speeds that you know you gotta think not just about yourself sometimes you gotta think about the people around you that you're racing and, and the people that are in the boat with you so it kind of sounds like um what you took away was uh just a, a healthy respect you know for yeah. for the power that that you're dealing with and uh the consequences of choices that you make yeah it's, it's just like any big power boat i get into now before i will really get into it i have to feel it out and know it a little bit yeah yeah you yeah. know what i'm saying because i like, do yeah you, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to hurt somebody <laughs> well i think that's yeah you know that's kind of including yourself reminds me of you know whenever i get on a, a new bike a new boat a new atv or whatever i just, i don't just hammer it i feel it out how does it turn how does it stop how do you know what, what what's it got for life and characteristics and you know, mm -hmm. and uh i think that that's 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 smart and, and in a lot of ways you know you can do that in your relationships you can do that in your life situations too you just kind of take stock and have a healthy respect for the world around us and how we fit into it and um how do i get where i want to go and, and make sure that the people that are around me are having the best experience themselves too correct yep. you know so yep. well uh thanks for sharing a little bit about your racing career yeah i was and happy to talk about it yeah yeah, yeah. well we'll uh we'll see you again soon all right, all right. thank you thanks dan and thank you, everyone, for joining us on this week's Hauling Ass with Fiberglass. We'll see you next Tuesday at 420.